Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 11. Accessing Kingdom Teachings that Relate to Daily Living. Hello, greetings and welcome back. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 11. We will be looking at the claims that Jesus made about himself. This is the single most important subject Jesus spoke about because of the authority of everything he did and everything he said is built on the foundation of these claims. Jesus spoke more than 170 claims that no one else in history could have authoritatively made. In some cases, a single claim or a single statement could result in many claims. And if you try to apply these to anyone else in history, to their lives or their accomplishments, none of them would support even one of these claims. Yet every one of these claims fit comfortably with Jesus. Here again, he makes claims using direct statements, metaphors, implications, and claims which were also made of him by others. Who else could claim to be both king and servant, the son of God and the son of man, the beginning and the end, the light of the world and the living water who gives eternal life, and the total fulfillment of the law and all righteousness? Who else could offer to provide eternal life and not be looked upon as a lunatic or an outright fraud. In this session, we will take a look at some of the claims in which Jesus made in reference to himself. Let us begin in John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse number 10. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? No one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Here Jesus speaking to the teachers of Israel and telling them that they don't even believe what he's telling them. They don't believe the earthly examples that he's using. And if they couldn't comprehend, understand, or believe what he spoke to them concerning earthly things, how then would they be able to believe, comprehend, and understand heavenly things? That their natural comprehension would not be able to comprehend those things. But he says he can explain these things because he literally came down from heaven. So what he's saying to them is, I can tell you all about heaven because I've already been to heaven. I come from heaven. Heaven is my home. And so therefore, everything that is needed to be known about heaven, I already know. 
I already know who God is. I already know what God is like. I already know the character and the nature of God. I already know what God looks like. And I can tell you these things because I have been with the Father and I came down from heaven. So therefore, I can explain to you what heaven is like. So here we see his claim is that he is the son of man, but that also he is the one that came down from heaven. Look at John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son or his one and only son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So here we see that God gave his one and only son, who is Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. And Jesus came into the world, not to condemn the world, but he came into the world that the world might receive life, that they might receive eternal life, and that the method of receiving eternal life would be to believe that he is indeed the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth, and to accept him as the Messiah, the anointed one, accept him as Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. And by doing so, we would receive eternal life. He didn't come to condemn the world, but look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they did not believe in the name of God's one and only son. So here we see that he didn't come to condemn the world, but condemnation is upon everyone already who does not believe in Notice what it says here. Believe in the name, the name of God's one and only son, the name Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, the name, the Messiah, the anointed one. Whoever does not believe in that name is condemned already. So for those of you who do not want to hear use the name Jesus, those of you who do not want Jesus's name ministered or preached, you, according to this scripture, you're already condemned. Now let's take a look at John's gospel chapter four. We'll begin with verse number seven. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to the town in Samaria called Sychor, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus tired as he was from his journey about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said, will you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone in town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, 
you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now note here, first of all, the first claim in which Jesus makes of himself. He says, if you knew the gift of God, stating that he is a gift given to us from God. He is the gift of salvation. He is the Lamb of God that would be slain for the sins of the world. So he is the gift of God. He said, if you knew this gift, the gift of God that was given to you, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Notice what else he says here. He's alluding to the fact that he is or has the ability to give living water, that he is the water of life. Look at verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. The water I will give them will be in them. Everyone drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will be in them, a spring of water, welling up into everlasting life. Jesus says here that the water he gives will be in the individual, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And as a result of that water, that person will never thirst again. So when we look at this person not thirsting again, not thirsting for what? They'll not thirst again for the addiction and the bondage of alcohol. They'll not thirst again for the addiction and the bondage of drugs. They'll not thirst again for the addiction and the bondage of lust. They'll not thirst again for those things that are of the flesh and of the world. They will thirst for the life that comes with knowing Christ. It will be in them a well of water springing up into everlasting or eternal life because their hunger and their thirst will be to get to know the Father. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. They will desire to be in right standing with God. They will desire to have fellowship with God. They will desire to know God and to walk with God, to get to know the character and the nature of God. And this well of water springing up in them will cause them to live a life that is an eternal life. They will live eternally because of their knowledge, their knowing, their intimacy with Christ and with God the Father. Let's go down to John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 25. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am him. So here we see Jesus making the claim that he is the Messiah. He says that he is the Christ, for he who speaks to the woman at this time is the Messiah, the anointed one. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. So here he claims to be the son of God and claims that what he is doing is what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does. 
For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. So here he says, God loves him. And because God loves him, God shows him everything that he does. And because God shows the son, the Christ, Jesus, everything that he does, Jesus is doing whatever the father is doing. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. So he says the father is showing him these things and allowing him to do these things so that the people who see them will be amazed that the son of God, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ is indeed living among them. Now look at this claim. He says, for just as the father raised the dead and gave life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. He says, just as God has the ability to raise the dead and give them life even after they are dead, the son of God has the ability to give life to whoever he wants to give it to. He has the ability to give life to the dead. Now, when we think about this, we think, you know, um, basically we're thinking of the dead as not breathing, heart has stopped, brain has stopped functioning, but there is another death, and that is the death which occurred when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he died. There was a separation from him and God, so that every man who was born after Adam was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Every man came into, into life as a sinner. And by virtue of sin, sin separates us from God. And so therefore, everyone who is separated from God is dead. They are dead because they have not the life of God. So a man could be physically alive and yet still be dead because spiritually he is separated from God. And so Jesus came that he would give life to those who were separated from God, reunite them in fellowship and in a relationship with God so that they can be born again, that they can be redeemed so that they can be purchased back to the Father and began to live a life in a relationship with God. And so he says, he makes this claim of himself that the father has given him the ability to give life to whoever he pleases. Look at chapter five, verse 25. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. He says, these who are dead, who are separated from God, when they hear the voice of the Son of God, when they hear the word of God, they will live. For as the Father has given life to him, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. So he says here that even as God has given life to Jesus Christ, Jesus have life in himself, which means he also has the ability to give life. But look at verse 27. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. So since he is the son of man, here's a claim here that he is a man. He was born in the flesh. He's the son of God 
and the Son of God, Son of Man. He is both human and divine. And because he is both human and divine, because he is both the Son of God and the Son of Man, because he is both Messiah and servant, both servant and king, he has been given the ability to judge. So it is Christ who will sit on the judgment seat and judge the world for its sin. He will judge the world or the dead for their rejecting him and rejection of what he has done for them. He will judge those who deny that Jesus is the Christ. He will judge those who deny that he is the Messiah, the anointed one. He will judge those who deny that he came in the flesh, that he hung, suffered, and died on Calvary's cross for the sin of the world, who was able to reconcile the world back to the Father through his own blood, he will judge them as he sit on the judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. For we see here the claim that is made is that God has given him the authority to judge. Let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. He says they were looking for him for something to eat, not because of the signs, not because of the miracles that he had performed. So you see, he had the ability to perform miracles. But look at 27. He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. He says that he has the approval of God. God has placed his seal of approval on him, the ability for him, the Son of Man, to give eternal life. He says in another place as well that he is the bread of life. Let's look at it in verse 32. Jesus said to them, Virtually I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and the life to the world. He's saying to them, because they said Moses had given them bread in the wilderness, referring to the manner in which God had given. He says, no, Moses didn't give you that bread. God gave you bread, but he gave you the true bread that came down from heaven. And the true bread that came down from heaven isn't the manner in the wilderness. It's the son of man. The true bread that came down from heaven is the bread of life. The true bread that came down from heaven is the Messiah. The true bread that came down from heaven is Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. And this bread, he says, is the bread that the Father has given you. And this bread will give you life. Stating that because he is the bread that came down from heaven, he is the one who gives life. 
that life, eternal life, only comes through Jesus Christ. Eternal life does not come through wisdom. Eternal life does not come through knowledge. Eternal life does not come through enlightenment. Eternal life does not come through karma. Eternal life comes only through Jesus Christ. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declares, making this statement concerning himself, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So here he links together the fact that he is the bread of life and he is the living water. And those who come to him, those who accept him, those who believe in him will never go hungry and will never thirst for life. For he comes to give life, the zoe, the God kind of life, abundant life, life more abundantly. So if you're not living the zoe of God, if you're not living the abundant life, if you're not living the life that Jesus came to give, it's because you don't know that in him is life and that life is the light, it's the revelation, it's the knowledge, it's the illumination of man, it's he is the one who shows you how you can live in this world free and separated from sin, how you can have the joy of the Lord, how you can walk in the shalom, the peace of God, how you can be whole, nothing broken, nothing lacking, but it only comes through knowing Jesus the Christ. It only comes through the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, all things are made by him. And as we get to know the word, as we receive the word of God, as we come to understand the word of God, then we receive the keys of the kingdom, the keys that unlock the doors, the mystery, the knowledge of the kingdom that enable us to live the life of God even in this life. Some people think that eternal life begins when you die and go to heaven, but I beg to differ with you because eternal life begins the moment you accept Jesus Christ, you receive eternal life. The moment you are reconciled back to God the Father, you are born again, you are a new creation, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, and you then have eternal life. It then becomes important and imperative for you to learn who you are in Christ and what your inheritance is in Christ and how to live in Christ so that you may know how to live by the word of God so that you can live an abundant life. You can live eternal life even now as you're living in the earth, not when you go to heaven, but living that life right here in the now. For the Bible tells us as Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father, so are we right now living in this earth. And that's because of our relationship with him through the shed blood on Calvary's cross, through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 6, 
verse 37. All that the Father give me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never, I will never drive away. Jesus says, if you come to him, he will not drive you away. In other words, he's not concerned about the life that you lived in the past. He's not concerned about any of the things that you have done, and you may feel that you cannot be forgiven, that you've done some things that are have been so bad that no one uh, will accept you, but Jesus says he will not drive you away. He's saying that he will forgive you no matter what your sins have been. He says in the word, come now, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, Though they be red as crimson, I shall wash them white as snow. He said, come and reason with me. He says, I will take your sin and cast it into a sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, I will separate your sin from you. He says that you will be separated from your past, that your past will no longer dominate you or your future, that he will cause you to be reborn, revived, refreshed, refilled, redeemed, and start a brand new life merely because you have accepted what he has done because you have received him as the son of God, because you have received the precious blood of Jesus that came as a sacrifice for your sins. That blood cleanses you, washes you, purges you, purifies you. You receive him as the living bread, as the living water. And because of that, you now have life eternal through Jesus Christ. You're restored to God the Father, and you are on your way and living the eternal life, the God kind of life, the Zoe, the abundant life, it begins the moment you accept Jesus the Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Empower for Life. If you're ready to shake off religion and tradition, to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at EmpoweredForLifeTV at AOL.com. That's EmpoweredForLifeTV at AOL.com. Or visit us online at www.EmpoweredForLife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing the Word of God with you.